doing well. Yourself? You know, I'm just doing fine. Let's start off the night with uh, thanking our sponsors, who is the Osaka Seafood Concern. With a knife a gozin, a guts a come out. That's what Osaka Seafood Concern is all about. Blech. All right, Noel, <laughs> let's do a drink check. What are you drinking? I am drinking bourbon. What about you? Good man. I have a tall glass of Jonah's Curse Dark Rum. It's really good. So I, I we kind of we didn't run out of whiskey. I'm looking at some right now, but we have a surplus of Jonah's Curse. So we have three handles worth. Hmm. Now you're asking yourself, why do you have one handle of rum, let alone three? And there's a couple reasons. Number one. It's really good. I mean, it, it's really good. It tastes like molasses and vanilla, and it's really dark, so it has kind of a, a whiskey characteristics. Uh, number two would be the fact that we loaded up before uh, coronavirus hit, just in case we could barter with rum and um, slavery and such. And uh, that's uh, and it was really cheap. It was like twenty four dollars a bottle or something like that. So and it's like fifty percent alcohol. So we and that leads me to my last point, which is number three. I'm looking forward to doing tonight's podcast in more of a drunk history fashion because I um, I realized as we talked about last week I'm not super good at uh, at forecasting or really any of that kind of stuff. It's like trying to pick winners on a roulette wheel. It's just more chance than anything. So what I'd like to do is just be stupid, and so that's what I'm going to do tonight. <laughs> so let's start with a little football talk, Noel. Now you just relayed to me two uh, things that have never happened before, two records that were broken. Please do share with our listeners what happened this week. All right. So for those of you that uh, didn't keep up with the Scheudenfrude around the NFL this week, uh, this isn't about uh, people getting injured. This is about the result of last week's game, where you probably saw the video of uh, the Atlanta Falcons players failing to basically just get an onside kick, they let it just roll in front of them until the Cowboys picked it up. But what really is fun here is they are the first team in NFL history to lose a game in which they scored 39 points and never turned the ball over. Wow. Um, and I was trying to find the actual stat. I have it somewhere, but it's over 400 times this has happened before and no one has ever lost. And the Falcons pulled it off because... We all remember that Super Bowl. They have that just kind of anti-clutchness to them. Then the second <laughs> one is from... Um, right now, it's kind of my perennial, not just team punching bag, but coach, because I think he's kind of a putz. The Detroit Lions broke or made history this week when they lost their fourth game in a row, having led by double-digit points at one time. Yes, hmm. four games in a row. That's never happened. Uh, and to put it in perspective, this is Mike. Or sorry, Matt Patricia's third year as head coach. He has nine wins, and he has almost four loss. Or sorry, fifty percent as many <laughs> words. You know, but yeah, he has almost as many losses by that statistic as he does wins. So uh, yeah, hmm. they're. They're in for a fun year this year. I, I Yeah, the Lions have always kind of had their struggles. But it sounds like in particular 2020, like a lot of other shit that's happened in 2020, might really suck for them. So, all right, that's fun. Thank you, Noel. Appreciate that. Let me uh, recap what happened 
in the league in regards to MVT, MVP, and then we'll dive right into the recaps and go towards the previews. So most valuable team, which is you, Big Nolski. Congratulations. You Thank scored you. 100 million points. And that's not right. How many points did you score here? 153 points, if my memory serves. Yep, and it does. Booyah, Kasha. 153 points. Congratulations. And that was led by the MVP of the week, Aaron Jones, who's put up 44 points, which is incredible in our new scoring system. But that was on uh, 18 carries, 168 yards, which against, means he averaged. I'm sorry, go ahead. Against which team, Michael? Uh, what's that team you were just talking about? The Detroit Lions. Indeed. Matt Patricia's uh, wonderful kind of experiment going on. He averaged 9.3. So he almost got a first down every time he carried the ball. 9.3 yards per carry, two touchdowns. And then on top of that, he had four receptions. There's an extra four points, 68 yards, and an aerial touchdown. So, Aaron Jones, congratulations. Someone you got MVP. That, uh, Matt Patricia's Lions were completely out-schemed uh, because they hadn't prepared for this newfound thing called running the ball up the middle. Um. So, again, I love football. It's my favorite sport. I really enjoy it. I am no coach, but it seems like the foundation of the offense <laughs> is a run in the A-gap, run up the middle. That's about it. Like, really? Yep. It, has he tried to get so creative to block, like, C-gap runs and tried to be, like, so creative and esoteric with his plays that he's just not playing against fundamental football? It's actually just bad fundamentals. They run more man coverage than any other team in the league and are one of the worst at it. They rarely blitz, so they're trying to not just rush the passer, but stop the run oftentimes with three or four linemen rushing, like, just crashing line of scrimmage. It's just bad coaching. Like, it's you can stop the run with that kind of a scheme, but it's really hard. Like, if... Anyone here has played organized basketball? Yeah, doing man-to-man -man is, like, the best thing possible, but it's really hard to do well and have all five guys in the court do it. Now imagine football, where you're asking, in this case, about eight or nine guys to match up man-to-man -man for how many seconds, but also then keep track of the running back. Yeah, it's it's not easy. Absolutely. And man-to-man -man is Ben's favorite coverage, too. So let's go on to the uh, recap of the week, and really there are some interesting things here. Let's touch on let's touch on some of the highlights of each game. As we talked about in last week's podcast, we're not going to do our traditional let's break down each game like in a microscope. We're just going to talk about the highlights. So first game is my game versus Vanessa. I'll take this one, Noel, because <laughs> I, I don't mind a little um, self-defecation or whatever that expression is. <laughs> just go with that one. Uh, actually, my team did self-defecate this week, <laughs> but let me actually just r correct myself so you all don't think I'm stupid. It's self-deprecation, just so you know. So anyways, Vanessa, congratulations on your win. You won 137 to 103 here, and it was just she played better football than I did. I mean, a lot of my guys performed pretty well. She just did very well, and I think that was led by Russell Wilson here. So good job, Vanny. You kicked my ass. Let's go to the Galloping Gonorrhea's versus Courtney's team, which let me just – Take the lead here, Noel, and then you just uh, provide your color commentary here. <laughs> the Gunnerias won. Wait a second. Did I? Oh, I, I, I just realized I stopped halfway through my um, 
talking about the recap. So we got off on Aaron Jones here talking about the Detroit defense. So the MVP was Aaron Jones. The most specialist team actually goes to the gonorrheas, and that's what made me think of this. And then finally, uh, in a very interesting fashion, the Gronk's party boat was knocked out of the survival challenge by scoring 55 points or 11 more than Aaron Jones did by himself. So, Noel, what stands out to you in the Legend of Lincoln gonorrhea's game as to why Courtney won? Matt Ryan, Nick Chubb bounced back, and Stefan Diggs, who had more receiving yards himself than all of the Minnesota Vikings receivers did last week. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Now let's go to um, let's go to the next game, which is and into the Flame versus Gronk's party boat, which we were just talking about. And our new scoring system, it's kind of incredible. <laughs> it's 143 Ben's team, who's first in the Pacific, versus 55 for Josh's and Gronk's party boat. With what the hell happened, Noel? What happened in this game? Remember, I was just talking about the Vikings' poor passing game from last week. Well. Kirk Cousins got Josh a whole negative two points. Jonathan Taylor had a good start, but, you know, as we said with your key running backs in particular, you also want to get huge performance, and three points for projection is okay. From there, four points for Julio Jones, who got hurt, although not long-term hurt like a lot of the other players. Uh, and really, you know, it was just when you have a negative score – plus a goose egg from Gronkowski, who was not targeted that entire game, it's going to be nearly impossible to win, much less be competitive. And unfortunately, that was just the case for Josh. And Ben's team did score a lot of points, but it's pretty, unfortunately, easy to beat 55. Yes, absolutely. Uh, now let's go to the next game, which is Brandon winning a game. What? That never happens. Versus Kenfield losing a game, which is... That, that, that doesn't happen that often either. Kenfield's usually pretty good. Uh, Kenfield and I are having a competition for who can suck the most this year. <laughs> we are both 0-2, and, and uh, he's, you know, dragging the dredges of the Pacific League and holding them back, and I am doing the exact same thing in the Mountain Division. <laughs> it's just the Atlantic Division that's actually showing colors this year with Vanessa 2-0, and Space Force 1-1, and followed by Decky Chark 1-1, and and Gronk, despite this week, despite a just dismal week, Gronk's party boat is still one and one. So it's way too early to talk about playoffs, but I nevertheless wanted to just kind of look at what's going on because it's only 12 weeks, folk. 12 weeks? Okay, here we go. I'm halfway through my rum, Noel. <laughs> it's about to get ridiculous. Let's go to your game. Uh, do you want to comment on your game or do you want me to talk about it? Uh, let's see. Oh, I just wanted to have one to say about Brandon and Kenfield's game. Another one here where injuries played a huge part with Saquon Barkley going down in the first half and now done for the rest of the year. So that's not good. Uh, I can do my game. I don't mind. Go nuts. All right. So here, yeah, Aaron Jones and Kyler Murray were just – they did it to it for me, and that's really it, as well as DK Metcalf, who was projected to do a lot worse – so that was what took me over the top there. And for uh, Matt Larson, he just kind of had a run of bad luck with, although 
Mike, did you watch any of that Chiefs Chargers game? Yeah, that was weird. The Chiefs didn't look like the Chiefs there. It was they, a good they game. look like the um, the Jaguars do right now. So no one are recording <laughs> uh, Thursday night here with the it's two minutes left in the third. The Dolphins, the Owen two Dolphins, led by Ryan Fitzmagic, are up twenty eight to seven against the one and one Jags. Now nobody expects nobody expects anything from the Jags. Um, except for kind of some fun by Gardner Minshew, but other, I mean, they look like shit. The Jags, that is. They, the Jags look like shit. So, anyways, that's that's my two cents. You're welcome. Yeah. So, the Chargers' defense just gets after the Chiefs. So, 12 points are Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who would have had a better game if basically the Chiefs weren't throwing the ball so much. And I think he'll do better. And then. A big goose egg from Will Fuller who got hurt early on. Yeah, as I said, I had three guys that really overperformed, and Larson just had one guy that overperformed, and that sucks. And a bunch of guys that really underperformed. So that, that's never a good feeling. Never is. But uh, you know what? Congratulations, Noel, nevertheless. A win is good, and a win the way that you did is especially good. Uh, now let's go into the last game. I'll take this one. Crack. I'm cracking my knuckles. I actually can't do that. So just pretend that I did. So we got Space Force at 103 and Decky Chark with a cool shark logo at 114. So this was just a good game led by this guy named Patrick Mahomes. And he got 27 points, which actually surpassed his projection of 19. So you know what? Whatever you pay for Patrick Mahomes, unless it's like in the $60 range, it's probably worth it. This dude is on fire. Interestingly enough, on Nick's team, Deshaun Watson did not do well, but he got at least some outperformance by DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill. So this one, I think you could clearly give to the Decky Charks because of her tight end. Jonu Smith, number 81 tight end for the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. He was projected eight points, got 24. That's pretty I don't good. Know, I would say that that's um, what most of us Americans would call good because that's i mean look at that i mean he, he literally tripled what he was projected to do so he got let's see here he got points and these points were derived from four reception 84 yards 21 yards per reception that's ridiculous two touchdowns so 50 percent of his re receptions resulted in touchdowns so basically this dude was on fire he was a red zone threat and congratulations to john new and congratulations to molly and the decky charts now and if i could Chime in here. Please. Really, the performance of the entire week was Harrison Butker, who oh, nailed yeah. three game-winning field goals in under a minute because the first one he kicked a 53-yarder. His team moved early, so he had to re-kick. Then Anthony Lynn of the Chargers tried to ice him on a 58-yarder, which he also made. And 30 seconds later, he bombed another 58-yarder through the uprights to actually win the game. So, if you... Could you imagine if we had, if uh, Molly actually got credit for all of those kicks? That would have been wild. That many 50-yarders in the, under a minute. <laughs> she would have won by certainly more than uh, 11 points here. That's for that's for darn sure. Now let's go to Noel. We are going to preview the week, which has already started, as we talked about, because it the is. powerhouse Dolphins <laughs> are taking on the wonderful Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, there are some implications. There are some very big implications here. For example, Gronk's party boat, who had a 55-point game last week, 
is starting hilarious man Garrett Minshew. The, he's actually the second. It's not junior. It's Garrett Minshew the second. Like he's a king. And his mustache. And he's a king of... Have you seen that commercial where he's mouth singing, whatever they call lip syncing, um, the Celine Dion song? I have not, and I don't really want to now. Oh, my God. No, you do. Trust <laughs> me, you do. It's funny. It's basically... A whole bunch of NFL stars singing uh, some Celine Dion song. I can't remember what, it's, what the actual title of it is. Basically, it's just the, the gist is we're all happy that football is back. And Garrett Minshew, holy hell, did he own it. I mean, he just went for it, and I appreciate that about him. So anyways, uh, he sucks tonight, though. He's got <laughs> six points. So he's in, you know, punter territory, which is actually appropriate because he's playing against Courtney, who is playing the punter from the uh, Dolphins, who has three points. So it's kind of a shit show all around uh, in that game. But let's start off with, uh, since my game is always on top because I'm, you know, looking at my own screen here. Let's start with mine, Noel. Now, it looks as though I have an advertisement on my screen, (laughs) which is true. So (laughs) how do you get to the box? Oh, here we go. I went to the matchup. Don't hit matchup, Noel. Don't hit matchup. It'll fuck up your game. So... I am projected to win by a solitary point. Yay. I want you to analyze with 100% accuracy who's going to win this week. With 100% accuracy? Oh, God. It's too much pressure. Uh, Well, let's see here. You'd like to say Dalvin Cook is going to bounce back, but that Minnesota offense seems disarray. But Josh Jacobs did not practice today, so that's... you know, could be a check mark in your column there, Mike. Uh, Keenan Allen will now have rookie uh, Justin Herbert in his second game throwing to him and didn't do too bad in the first one. Actually threw for the 300 yards, and Keenan Allen was uh, a big part of that. Uh, quick side note, Mike, did you see why Justin Herbert got his first start? I did not know. So during warm-ups, somehow... Tyrod Taylor got hurt. They said he re-aggravated a chest injury, which was like, what the hell? And then it was later revealed that he went to the hospital with chest pains. Well, while administering a painkilling injection for injured ribs, he got a punctured lung. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, So hopefully he gets better and gets better fast. Uh, Obviously not for football reasons, but just for health reasons, because that's that's freaking scary. So yeah, that was uh, one of the weirder things I've seen on the injury front in a while. But uh, yeah, I think Keenan Allen should be a good start there. Uh, Terry McLaurin for the Washington football team. I don't know, Cleveland's defense isn't very good, but McLaurin had good numbers last week. I have no idea what to think about that team. Uh, really, I 100% accuracy, I'm going to go with... Sorry, Mike going to go with the Parker Rams here. I just like a little bit more of the upside. And uh, I think Roethlisberger's had a good season so far, but Houston has to bounce back at some point. And Josh Allen, even playing against good defenses, is going to put up some numbers. So I I think this is going to be a squeaker as projected, but I actually like Larson a little bit more just because I fear for what uh, Dalvin Cook and Dallas Dirt are going to do for you. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I have no idea. This guy was to replace a very shitty second-tier Cleveland Browns yep. tight end that I had. So, yeah, just 
just that statement alone put a sour taste in my mouth. Ugh. But uh, yeah, so anyways, who knows what Dallas Godert can do. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I um, I like to be humble in the way that I play this game as a, you know, as the commissioner and as a player, you could potentially have conflict of interest. So I actively cheer for pretty much everyone in this league. So I I'm, I try to be impartial, as do you, Noel. You've always been very humble. I just like good uh, scores. When yes, absolutely. So let's go on to the next game, which is the Aloha Doomgivers versus the Gonorrheas. And I think, you know, it's way too early, like we we're talking about to talk about playoffs, but it's really hard to come back from 0-3 and make a good showing for the playoffs. So I think Kenfield needs to start start winning here. Now, he is projected to win 111 to 105. Do you, and I think this is, so poor, uh, poor gonorrheas here. They lost Michael Thomas in week one. Do you think, Noel, that this is the Doomgiver's first week to win? Um, I think it's probably the first, I think it is pretty likely. Uh, Lamar Jackson against KC defense, that is difficult, but it's Lamar Jackson. Um, Trubisky is playing against a terrible Atlanta defense. But it is Trubisky, and he has to come back to earth. And then from there, oof, I, I really like some of the players. And I mean, I wouldn't have started Preston Williams for uh, the Galloping Adorias here, but two receptions and a touchdown, so that's pretty good to start with. I, I think Kenfield can notch a win here, just on the strength of mainly the top three guys. And Hayden Hurst finally showed up last week. But, I mean, he's playing Tyler Boyd, who, if he has a big week, is going to affect the defense he's playing. And that Eagles defense has just not been very good. And, sure, it is Cincinnati, but Joe Burrow is the real deal, and that Eagles defense has been rough. Ugh. Yeah, I... Whew. This is a tough one, Mike. I think this is a good week for Kenfield to get a win. But it's going to be also very tough because of what Grant has going on on his side here. And uh, if I can chime in for a bit of advice, Kenfield, fill your empty bench spot. Don't leave it <laughs> empty. It makes no sense. And it's been this way, I think, all season. <laughs> I mean, you can so, have Saquon Barkley in your IR, but he's not coming back this year. Oh, he's oh, that's right. Didn't yeah, he tear his ACL? He tore his ACL. He's done. Oh, man. That sucks. Because uh, I'm sure Kenfield paid a lot for him. In fact, let's look up what he paid for him. He paid dollars. But how many dollars? 80. He paid $80. So yep. as long as, or it, so far as my math serves me, 40% of Kenfield's budget was spent on a guy who is now out. Mm -hmm. So shit. That sucks, that sucks for him. Yeah. It was but a horrible least, week for injuries. It sucked. Oh, I mean, we well, who do we lose? We lost Saquon Barkley. Yep. We lost Christian McCaffrey. So it, we basically lost the two best running backs mm -hmm. in the NFL right now. At least McCaffrey is, they're saying, out three to four weeks. So that yeah. is, it's a high ankle sprain versus an ACL tear. So that's not as bad. But yeah, it's still terrible. It's manageable, at least. I mean, who owns them? Or them? Vanessa has Christian McCaffrey. Okay. So at least Vanny can hope to get him back 
for the playoff push later this year. And it sucks to have the guy that you spent a fortune on get hurt. It really does. I mean, it, it hasn't really affected her so far. She's 2-0. But nevertheless, it, it, that will, I think, potentially affect her win probabilities going forward. Because mm-hmm. let's just face it. This is a probabilities game. As we're seeing tonight with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are a better team <laughs> on paper than the Miami Dolphins. I'm a better team on paper than the Miami Dolphins. But nevertheless, uh, you know, it's up to chance to some degree. So, Noel, we are looking here at a battle between Benjamin John Griffiths and Brandon. Ooh. I don't know his middle name. I'm assuming it's John Dark. It starts with a J. You're close. Ooh, okay, Brandon, um, it's not John, because that would have been the right answer. It's probably not Jebediah. I'm going to guess James? No, you're closer as far as the J-E. Okay. Oh, really? All right, so J-E. Nope, I've had too much to drink. All right, I'm just going to make up names. Just Uh, think of Brandon Heffrey Dark. Oh, shit, I knew that. Isn't his dad's name Jeff? It is. Well, there you go. So fuck me. So Brandon Jeffrey Dark, who is 1-1, one one, who will soon to be 11-1, and one, um, is playing the 2-0, and o, actually doing very well. Benjamin John, who is leading the Pacific League right now, 2-0. and o. They are going to battle it out this week, and they are actually even Steven, mm-hmm. 112 to 112. And shit, I can see why. You've got names on both sides that have done traditionally yeah. well, like Newton, who has actually been surprisingly good in Kansas. Nope. In uh, New England. And then you have Dak Prescott, who, again, my bold call of the year was he's going to be the NFL MVP this week. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, Noel, you know I love him mm-hmm. in the second half of every year. <laughs> uh, he has kind of showed his colors last week, getting only eight points. But, you know, he's projected 16. Might work out for Brandon this week. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, who was in line at the Social Security office this week <laughs> to collect because he's so old. So old. Been in the league 20, 000, or 24 years now. Oh, he's 24 now? He's been not, in the league not... 24 years. Oh, that's right. Okay, so he's been in the league 24 years. And he, correct me if I'm wrong, is 23 years old. So, math. But he's in his 50s in spirit. In spirit and in my own analysis, which was dead wrong. So what's funny here is uh, you've got Ben who's starting Odell Beckham Jr., which, by the way, by the way, actually had a very good week last week at 17 points. Now, he's been basically quiet since he moved to Cleveland, which is kind of what happens when you move to Cleveland. <laughs> you just go there to die, essentially, whether you're a football player or a just a non-NFL football player. Cleveland is where dreams and players go to die. We're not so, Detroit. <laughs> yeah, their, their claim to fame is they're not Detroit. Um, and what is their leading export? Noel Sadness? Crippling Depression. <laughs> There you go. That, crippling depression is not funny. That, we're not making fun of depressed people. We're making fun of the fact that Cleveland sucks. So, and, it, and I've actually never been, so there you go. Completely Sorry, biased view. Anyways, uh, let's look at Noel. I, I'm just com- bullshitting. As I said before, I'm almost done with my gigantic glass. So imagine, imagine a gangster movie where the, the people are drinking out of a circular crystal glass uh, most glasses are circular, I just realized. 
but it's like a it's like a tumbler. Yep. And oh, it's like four inches. I filled it halfway up with rum <laughs> so I could just get stupid tonight, and I'm almost done. I'm almost done here, so my analysis is just gonna get better from here. But people don't come here to listen to me for analysis. They come to listen to you because you actually know what you're talking about. So tell me, with a 112 and 112 projected <laughs> game here, who's gonna win? I think this is a good week for Ben because when there's two people on Brandon's starting roster that have those red cues next to him, that can be a problem. And while the uh, part of the reason that Derek Henry got eight points last week is because Ryan Tannehill, that's right, Ryan Tannehill was on fire, like not figuratively, actually figuratively, he wasn't literally on fire. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was just throwing the ball all over the place, and I think he threw like four touchdown passes. So they didn't really need Henry, and that might happen again this week because Minnesota's pass defense turns out when you have a pass defense that requires really good cornerbacks and you have subpar cornerbacks, it doesn't work out very well. So I think that's going to bode well. Uh, Dak Prescott playing against. Again, Mike, did you watch the uh, Seattle Patriots game? I did. Week? Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, I think that game was just a little bit better than the Chiefs-Chargers game, but two great games. Absolutely. And so we see that the Seattle defense is not what we remember. So, uh, And Dallas' defense is also not very good, so there'll be a lot of points scored, which will be good for Dak Prescott. And, yeah, really, I just think, if it weren't for those two players being a little bit dinged up, like they're saying Waller's definitely going to play, even though he didn't practice today, he's just getting some rest. I'd be saying, oh yeah, this is going to be a you know, pretty like close thing. And like, it, you know, with Brandon, it could mean a big win for Brandon, but those two guys being questionable is going to be a problem. And yeah, Ben's kicker, while being one of the better kickers in the league, has had some problems playing for the Lions this year. So I like Brandon, even though this game is... Sorry, I like Ben. Um, even though this game could be crazy, just those two question marks are a problem. Agreed. I like both of them, quite frankly. They're nice people. Uh, now, Noel, I have a question for you mm -hmm. related to football, unrelated to this game. Do you remember... The game NFL Blitz. I sure do. <laughs> so I bring that up because I imagine that's one of the only games where the players were literally on fire. <laughs> so when you said Ryan Daniels, <laughs> not figuratively, which implies literally on fire. <laughs> that made me just think of a flaming quarterback while watching football. Just like just the quarterbacks on fire, literally on fire. And that made me think of NFL Blitz. Which what I meant to say game. was while it was more likely that he would be literally on fire than figuratively, but I got uh, tripped okay. up by this whole, you know, words thing. Words are hard. <laughs> words are real hard. Sometimes they just escape your mouth, and you're like, nah, I wish I didn't say that. Now, let me let me go to your game, Noel. You've been doing a tremendous job analyzing the, the footballs tonight. Let me do you a favor. You take a break. You enjoy your beverage. I'll analyze your game versus Decky Charks tonight. Now, what's going on is you are projected to win 112 to 94. And if any last week is any indication, I'd say that's pretty fair. 
you have on your team some really strong upside potential. For example, Kyler Murray is wonderful. He has scored 26 points in the first week, 31 points in the last week. He's only projected 21 this week. And by the way, I should say, you are projected to win 112 to 94. I think Kyler Murray might be your best player this year. He's the fourth best quarterback so far in all of the Mile High Champions League. And I think that he will continue on that streak because just watching him play, he's special. He is not like your, I don't know, Ryan Tannehills who are on fire or Ryan Fitzpatrick's who Lord only knows what you're going to get with them or Gardner Minshew's who you are think are funny and they are, but it's even more funny when they actually try to play the sports that they've been drafted to play, which is whew, this game just oh, not look good for the Jaguars. Anyways, I like your chances to win here, Noel. I think you've got greater upside potential. Molly certainly has power on her team. As we saw with Jonu Smith last week, we could easily get a surprise from the people on her team. However, I think that there is a cap on Patrick Mahomes. He is phenomenal. But I'm not the only person that believes that. The rest of the NFL knows that. And so they will try to stop him. So he will continue to do well. He is still a top 10 quarterback so far this year, unlike Gardner Minshew. He is eighth overall. He scored 20 points in the first week and 27 in the next. He will get Molly what she paid for, $35. That's a good price for Patrick Mahomes because he will do well. But teams are going to dial into him. And so I don't think he's going to be the, the factor that wins games going forward. So in conclusion, thus, all in all, and other things that you used to write on high school papers, Noel, I expect you to win this game and go two and one and Molly to go one and two. Now let's go to a game that actually has points and somehow Courtney has lost a point since we've started this podcast. It was three to six, three points for Matt Hack, her punter, and uh, six points for Gardner Minshew. Minshew has since gotten another point. He's up to seven. You know, that's good for a kicker. And Matt Hack has lost a point, too. No. With a 37 yard punt. That's how he got lost the point. Ah. 37 that, yards. That would do it. Pretty sure I could throw the ball 37 yards. Not sure. But I, 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 I'm going to give myself the benefit of the doubt because of alcohol. But I think that I think I could do that. Um, anyways, so, Noel, Legend of Lincoln, one and one. Gronk's party boat, one and one. Who's the winner here? And why? And, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a challenge here. I want you to pick one player on each team that will determine the outcome. Oh, uh, that's pretty easy because I think what this comes down to is which one of their star receivers plays and is the most effective because both Devontae Adams and Julio Jones are questionable. And, oh, another wrinkle to this. If Julio Jones plays and plays well, that will be really a bad thing for Courtney because she's starting Matt Ryan. So if no Julio Jones, huge check mark to Courtney there. Devontae Adams, who they really, really need. He has a hamstring injury, so he shouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it's those two players, whether or not they play, and then if Julio Jones has a big game, then yeah, it's... 
that's it. And really, crap. Never mind. I'm going to say Courtney just because he's now up to eight points, Gardner Minshew is. And yes, negative two points last week for Josh was a pretty big dagger, but eight points from your quarterback, less than double digits, is going to be hard to overcome. Matt Ryan is going to score a fair amount of points because they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Yeah. Um, even with the two points from Matt Hack, <laughs> I think this is uh, Courtney's game to lose. There you go. All right. We got one game. We got one game left. And it's it's a couples matchup. We have Nick versus Vanessa. Whoa. Now, in this game, as we've had uh, in previous games, it Van- or actually, I should say previous seasons, Vanessa seems to be on a tear. She seems to have been doing very well this year, obviously, because she's 2-0. But she did very well last year and in previous years. She hasn't been enough to uh, pull off the victory and win the Mile High Champions League overall. But she's doing well. Noel, my question to you. Will that success... Actually, okay. Here we go. I'm rubbing my hands together if you can hear that in the microphone. If not, then just use your imagination. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to answer questions in a single word. Yes or no? Okay. That's the game for this one. Is Vanessa going to win this week? Yes. Is Russell Wilson going to outscore Deshaun Watson? Yes. Does having Drew Brees on your bench make any sense? Sure. <laughs> okay, because Benny's stashing him away, I don't know, for nostalgic reasons. All right, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen. Who do you like more? Hopkins. Very good. Andrews? I'm looking at tight end position. Andrews, Ingram, who do you like more? Andrews. Hill, Lockett, who do you like more? Lockett. Ingram, Edelman, who do you like more? Edelman. Steelers, 49ers. Steelers. Jake Elliott or, oh, shit, Young-Hee Koo. Uh, Young-Hee Koo, just from what he's done this, so far this year. Sorry. Let's... Take a timeout. Let's. I'm, I'm doing the timeout signal with my hands. Let's acknowledge the fact that Jung Hee Koo, and I'm uh, just thinking about that name. I'm presuming he's Korean. Let's just honor the fact that there are more Asians getting involved in the NFL because of all of the uh, groups in the United States, Asians, I, in my opinion, are the least represented in the NFL, and I think mm-hmm. that they should be more. So, anyways... Way to go, Vanny. So I think that I, I agree with you there. No, no, we're on to the oh-so-important punter position. Hecker versus Sam Martin, who is Denver's punter, who I did not know. Martin. There you go. Just because... Uh-huh. No, no. Yeah. Now we're going to get away from the single answer uh, phrase yeah. journal. Why did you pick Martin? And I, and I want it in less than 1,000 words, but more than 900. Uh, just because he's going to have more opportunities. Also, Sam Martin, apart from that ridiculous mistake he made against the Steelers last week, uh, he was a very good punter in Detroit, who and he punted a lot there. So, I, I just more opportunities. I like Sam Martin. There you go. 
So as we were talking, the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker, who two things happened that are not common. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker is black, which I think is awesome. Because, Noel, when is the last time you've seen a black kicker in the NFL? I don't know if I ever have before. Like Marquette, uh, what was his last name? But the guy who the Broncos signed before last season, who was a punter for the Raiders, in my consciousness is the first black punter or kicker that I'm aware of. I mean, that that's just awesome. However... Marquette King. Thank you. So two, two things that are, are rare. A black kicker or punter, number one, and the fact that he just missed a PAT, number two. I don't think anybody's playing him. I don't think it's actually fantasy relevant, but nevertheless, <laughs> it's 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 kind of like just a shred of your soul dies when somebody misses a PAT because you're like, really? Like you expect the PATs to be made. Now they obviously have pushed that back. It's not from the what two yard line anymore, so it's not a, a given. True. But nevertheless, you just you just feel like a PAT should happen. And when it doesn't, you're like, man, isn't that just 2020 for you? Like the PATs don't go through and so on and so forth. So, all right. We have we have covered a lot. Uh, Noel, we have covered the review. We've covered the preview. We've covered a lot of stupid shit that has nothing to do with football. Do you have anything else to share with our fantasy friends out there? Yeah. Um, I was, I don't want to say worried, but... One of the things I was going to keep an eye on this week while we did our previews is to make sure that everybody got the players out of their lineup that are not playing. So the ones that were the big names that got hurt that are out for a few weeks or possibly the rest of the season. So good job, everybody, on that. Wasn't a, that wasn't a problem. Everyone got those players out and either moved into IR or got them off their team if they needed to. So that's awesome. All right. Way to go, my line Champions League, which is a testament to the Mile High Champions League. So we started, as you know, Noel, in 2006, and we've evolved ever since then, and I'm so very proud to be a part of this league because I feel like people genuinely give and want to be a part of the Mile High Champions League. And I'm humbled by that, number one. And number two, I'm glad that people enjoy playing fantasy football with us because, let's be honest, you can just sign up for a random league anywhere, ESPN or Fox Sports or CBS or NFL, just to play your fantasy football. But the fact that the NFL, or excuse me, the fact that the MHCL has <laughs> been going as strong as it has been for this many years is a testament to you all for making this uh, the best league out there. So thank you. Thank you from your commissioner. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for, uh, for everything that you all have done. So. Noel, we are uh, we're done with this podcast. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Or, let me phrase it a, a, a differently, is there anything else you want to talk about, such as Keanu Reeves movies? Or what sound does Rain make? Or anything else on your mind? Nope, I think that's about it. Although, I'll think about Keanu Reeves movies for next time. Okay, good. All right, let me let me give you a little teaser for next time. Have you seen any of the John Wick movies? I have not. I've heard they're good. Okay. Let me give you uh, two things here. Number one, the dog dies. 
If you are not a fan of dogs dying in movies, do not watch John Wick. It will be very sad. Number two, the entire trilogy is awesome. If you've ever wanted to watch Keanu Reeves outside of the Matrix, just own people, watch the John Wick trilogy. It will scratch that itch for you. So, Noel, next week, remind me, we'll talk John Wick and Keanu Reeves, (laughs) who, by the way, is... Probably one of the best human beings we yes. have on planet Earth. Like, if aliens came down and said, all right, uh, we're super cool and we want the best human being out there, I'd say, hey, you should check out Keanu Reeves. He's pretty awesome. So, anyways, let's I talk about him I did an uh, interview with him where they asked him, hey, like, how does it feel not to be doing blockbusters anymore? And he was like, would I like to be doing blockbusters? Sure, but I get to do kind of whatever I want, and that's awesome. It's like, it's true. That's true. <laughs> it is true. I mean, Keanu, even though, like, John Wick, you know, you're not going to make $100 million a flick like you would, like, it, well, I was going to say Avengers, but they were making, like, almost a billion dollars a flick with those. You know, he's he's not doing the, the mega movies like, uh, here we are talking about John, uh, here we are talking about Keanu Reeves, I should say. So um, I guess we'll bring that into this week. Um, yeah, even though he's not making the blockbusters he might have used to, like with uh, with the Matrix. Although he did just make a mediocre rated movie, Bill and Ted. He didn't make the sequel to that. I'm excited. I haven't seen it yet. I have not seen that yet either. And two people, I'm excited they got back. No, I think three. They obviously got Bill back. Yep. Which is which is great because I don't know if he's worked. Since Bill and Ted's bogus journey, he's more uh, done like behind the camera stuff, and, like directing and stuff, and writing. And, but yeah, Alex Winter, wonderful. So I'm glad they didn't find Alex Winter like under an LA bridge. Like, hey, remember when you were Bill from Bill and Ted? You should come do that again one more time. So I, I'm glad that they found it. They found Ted's dad. Remember the really? like stuck up <laughs> cop? They found him. He's back and. I think what's most awesome, because you can't have Bill and Ted without Bill and Ted. Let's just be honest here. I I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you've seen it, Noel, or I I, you, you just said you didn't, so fuck me. Um, they found death. Yeah, they got I, death I, I to come back. back. I did see that. Okay, awesome. Because death was such a wonderful part of Bill and Ted's bogus journey. He, in fact, I would say was what made that movie. <laughs> Just thinking back to some of his quotes and some of those, some of those scenes were so awesome. Oh, what's, be- <laughs> what's best about that is he was the bad guy in Die Hard yep. 2. So you get this like ridiculous like terrorist in Die Hard 2 and you get this dumbass version of death in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And then on top of that, I just watched Ryan Fitzpatrick throw a ball into a defender, catch his own pass, and then run for it. Nice. So let's <laughs> let's end on that while the getting's good. So, Noel, is there anything else you want to add for tonight? That's it. All right, Roger that. Well, I hope you all enjoyed our uh, shit show podcast. Noel, please send us out. Yo, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Good night, everyone.